Welcome to the Beargrass Christian Church Podcast. My name is Dee Decker, and I'm the Director of Communications here at Beargrass. We are quickly approaching Ash Wednesday, which begins the season of Lent. Ash Wednesday is a day of reflection and repentance, a day in which we begin to take a deeper look within and wrestle with questions about our life and living, about our relationship with God and others. Lent is a time for us to seek clarity in who we are as followers of Christ. We are invited to commit to disciplines during Lent that will help us focus more clearly on the important things in life. We hope you'll join us on Ash Wednesday and engage in various disciplines throughout the Lenten season that can help bring you clarity of vision to your life and to your living. We also invite everyone to reflect on our daily email devotions that will begin on February 26th, Ash Wednesday, and to join us for our evening service at 645 on Ash Wednesday. We promise it will be a meaningful time of worship and reflection as we begin this Lenten season. Here now is Dr. Lee Bond. I I thought I, I put these glasses up here for her to use because this is such a bright and brilliant passage, I thought she might need sunglasses this morning. So you may want to get yours out as well as we think about this amazing story. It's on 798 in the Black Pew Bibles uh, near you, or pull it up on your phone. This is one of the times you can use your phone in church, so take advantage of it. And uh, again, I'm glad you're here. And since I can't see my text, I'm putting these away. We have a great group of children who are participating in our current discipleship class, and Stephen, as he always, does a great job in leading whatever's going on in the children's ministry area, but uh, he has uh, done another wonderful job of making... Uh, oh putting together a super class. They're learning lots of important things about church and they're learning about Bible stories and, and all things church related. And uh, uh, they'll, they'll benefit from the time they have with him during uh, this month. I heard about another minister who was leading a similar class uh, one time. One of the first things she did uh, was to give them a quiz, uh, kind of a pop quiz during the first session of the class, just to kind of check in and see what they knew about some of the basic Bible stories we all should know. Uh, So here are some of the responses from the children. They were asked what the first book of the Bible is, and one child wrote, uh, the first book of the Bible is called Guinness, for whatever ails you, I I suppose. Um, Another child wrote, Joshua led God's people in the battle of Jericho. It's kind of an older crowd, I I suppose. Uh, One child was writing about Mary, and she said, after the angel visited, Mary sang the Magna Carta. And and that girl went on to write, uh, Jesus was born because Mary had an immaculate contraption. You know, that's as good an explanation as I've heard uh, about that story. Finally, and this will relate to today's story, one child wrote, Moses went up to Mount Sinai to get the Ten Amendments. So 
some truth to that, but uh, children help us see things in new ways and help us see things we don't. And so we're grateful to have so many uh, in our church family. And that last uh, one about Moses leads us to today's story, another mountaintop moment in the Bible. And uh, we have come to the end of the Eyes to See series. And we've been thinking about pivotal passages from Matthew. And these texts have challenged us to see things differently to recognize temptation, to identify God's invitations to us. The passages have have helped us be aware of our blessings, whether we realize it or not. They've helped us see the light. They've helped us uh, look for the higher road in difficult situations. And uh, in today's story, which is traditionally read at the end of the season of Epiphany, we have this this incredible and powerful account uh, about the presence of God and the affirmation of the identity of Jesus, and it's revealed in a remarkable way. Jesus appears to his disciples in a in a way that bears striking resemblance to other previous appearances of God in in other parts of the Bible. Jesus is transformed, transfigured into what's kind of a a being of light whose garments and face shine like the sun. I think in in this time of computer graphics, maybe we can imagine it more now than we were when we were growing up, some of us, but uh, this is amazing moment. And just as God uh, spoke to Moses on the mountain, Jesus apparently speaks with these resurrected spirits of two of the great faith heroes, Moses, the great lawgiver, and Elijah, the great prophet. And not only does Jesus speak with these two guys, God becomes a part of the conversation and adds uh, to it. And and God wraps all of this in radiant clouds, uh, a sign of God's presence again. And how did the disciples react to this? They are freaked out. I mean, they, they fall to the <laughs> they fall to the ground, and and the text is beautiful here because it describes Jesus literally raising up the disciples. And it says in the text, they lift their eyes and they see Jesus only. They see Jesus only, and he becomes a source of divine wisdom, of divine comfort, the humanity wrapped in divinity, if you will. So I think the question for us perhaps today is, um, have, have you ever had trouble seeing? Uh, sometimes that relates to physical sight, and maybe more often it relates to spiritual sight. You know, sometimes life does that to us, just stuff. Stuff gets in the way of our ability to see God's presence around us. Have you ever said or have you ever heard the words, you know, where is God? Where is God in this? You know, we see these horrible headlines day after day. Where is God in the midst of all this mess? Some of us have it on a more personal level. We have trouble seeing because of a chronic health problem. It's years and years of not getting any, any relief. Some of us have trouble seeing because of a, of a loss, a broken heart, unemployment, loneliness, anxiety, fear. Have your hearts gone out to people who are trying to survive, just get by in the face of hunger and poverty and injustice and way too many wars. Surely many of us have been there and some of us are living there right now. 
C.S. Lewis once described the horror of the same old thing. The horror of the same old thing. Sometimes our lives become static. Our spiritual growth gets stunted and stagnant. And we, we miss the flashes of, of heavenly light that uh, can stimulate our spirits and, and illuminate our minds to life's possibilities and potential. You know, the Bible tells us again and again, the realm of God is where? It's here. It's near us. The, the realm of God surrounds us. Uh, we're told in the Bible again and again that the peace and presence of God enfold us. But just because we're people of faith does not mean that we will always see it or feel it or recognize it or, or experience it. You know, at, at times I think we really need each other. We need each other to help us see what we cannot. As we think about this amazing story, do you think Peter, James, and John ever saw Jesus the same way again? I don't think so. You know, after after this dazzling mountaintop encounter with God, I don't think they saw life the same way ever. You know, they enter into this bright cloud and hear this heavenly voice. It's, it's an echo of the words they heard at the baptism of Jesus. So this is my son, the beloved. With him, I'm well pleased. And not only does that happen around them, I've got to think that happens within them. I've got to think they were changed and transformed on that day. This incredible encounter must have been one of their defining moments on their spiritual journey. In, in fact, later on, Peter in his letter writes these words, and he writes them with deep passion. He says, For we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus. In other words, he's saying the three of us didn't get together and make up a tale that we could tell you later on. He says, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. We're not making this up. This is the real stuff. We ourselves heard this utterance from heaven. Years later, when they remembered that mountaintop moment, I've got to believe they drew strength from that experience and, and that helped them proclaim the power and glory of God. Seeing helped them help others and us even today see one of my favorite pieces of music is Handel's Messiah. Some of you know the, the story about the tremendous time of inspiration. Uh, Handel finished that magnificent piece in what, I mean, 24 days or so, Daniel? That's, I think that's right. You know, but after he had finished the piece, a friend wandered into Handel's room as he was finishing the last magnificent soaring uh, notes of the Hallelujah Chorus, and, and tears were just streaming down Handel's face. And Handel told his friend, you know, I, I think I saw all of heaven before me and God seated on the throne in a company of angels surrounding God. And we wonder, was he speaking metaphorically? Or was he so full of God's presence and spirit that that's what he saw? That's what he, yeah. And, and, and did what he saw and the, the music that he wrote did that help others see as well? I, I don't know about you, but I, I can ten, continue to see and experience the power of God when I listen to that music. One person suggests that if we're having trouble, we just kind of look for the God windows around us. To just, just, just pay attention. 
He says some people around us certainly will say there is no God. There's no God. They say that all the wonders of the world around us, eh, just an accident, just a coincidence, just kind of the way things evolved and fell together. No almighty hand made the thousand billion stars. They just kind of happen. Nothing keeps them on a steady course, eh, right? The human heart will beat, for most of us, about 70 or 80 years without faltering. How does that muscle get any rest? just kind of happens. A kidney will filter poison out of our blood and leave the good stuff alone. That's just got to be a coincidence, right? It's just an accident. You say there's no God. Well, uh, look, look for the God windows. Some of you remember Lily Tomlin's wonderful character, Trudy. Trudy tells of stopping to look at the stars one night. And uh, she says, I, I always feel in awe when I look at the stars. But on that particular night, I felt even deeper in awe, fuller and, and just, just so, so grateful for that moment. And she said, you know, I decided to do something new. I, I'm going to set aside some time every day to do aerobics. Aerobics. Pretty cool. She said, because maybe at that moment when we are most in awe of all there is about life, we don't completely understand. We're closer to understanding than at any other time. So maybe we need to offer an aerobics class during Lent this year. And maybe that's really at the heart of this story, the transfiguration. Maybe we don't have to understand it all to understand it all. You know, there's simply a time to fall on our knees with Peter and James and John and gaze at the stars with Trudy and do some aerobics. And and there's more. I don't want to stop there because seeing and enjoying the moment is not the end. Seeing leads to serving. When we sense God's presence, we may be tempted to say, hey, this is good. (laughs) This is really good. It's like being at a wonderful party and not wanting to go home. You know, I'd like to stay for a while. We see it in the story, don't we? What's Peter want to do? Ah, Jesus, this is great. Let's build some tents and hang out here for a while. Let's stay on the mountain. This is good. But sometimes we run into trouble when we want to freeze the feeling. Moments of religious ecstasy, uh, those mountaintop moments are important, just as intense emotional uh, interactions are important in our relationships. But we can't live out our faith or our lives on those moments alone. We can't stop and linger about some fading vision. Uh, In the story, Peter wants to hang out. But Matthew in verse 9 tells us what? They definitely came down the mountain. And so God calls us upward. We've got to have those moments. But God also calls us downward and forward and, and outward toward new places to offer witnesses of what we've seen and experienced and offer our love and and service to to others. So so we need not fear leaving the glory of the mountain because God will guide us through all the twists and turns and stresses and strains and losses and loose ends that will come our way. As someone said, that's the way these encounters with God are. At one moment, we're enthralled with this mystery we call God. We're lifted high above the common confusion of life. And then the next moment, we're thrust back into the daily pain 
and problems and predicaments of being human. He said, it's a little like coming to worship like this and being inspired and lifted up by the message and the music and the, the uh, sense of community and then going out to the parking lot and finding out your car battery is dead. <laughs> the world refuses to go away. Amen. Uh, but the good news today is God also refuses to go away. Amen. Man, our awful, inspiring moments can help us handle our awful moments. Friends, you know, I, I hope this season of Epiphany has been meaningful for you. It began with the story of Jesus' baptism in Matthew 3. It ends today with the account of the transfiguration in Matthew 17. These stories have been called the bookends of Epiphany because in both stories we hear the echo of god's words to jesus who says this is my son the beloved with him i am well pleased i pray i pray that you will have the eyes to see not bookends not bookends but the strong and gentle hands of jesus who holds you up and says to you you are mine, you are loved, and with you, I am well pleased. Thanks be to God. Amen. Again, the season of Lent begins Ash Wednesday on February 26 at 6.45. We would love to see you around the table at one of our weekend worship services. Our Saturday service is casual and meets in the chapel at 5.30. The Beargrass Praise Team leads us in worship during our Sunday 9 a.m. contemporary service. And at the 11 a.m. traditional service, the Beargrass Choir sings. 